0: I'm excited to share the word with you tonight as we continue to dig in deeper. Amen. Amen. Four of you. This is going to be great. I can feel the energy in the room. (laughs) As I got into the word this week, um, I really began thinking about this this concept, and I know we've been talking about the Word and, and, and really grabbing a hold of the Word and really living the Word and really believing the Word and really kind of doing this, like, I believe in Jesus thing for real, right? Like, legit, not like, hey, it'd be cool if Jesus came back one day and took me with him. Like, not, no, like, like really believed everything that the Word has and everything that the Word proclaims over us. And there is something that has bugged me for years in the church okay um and i think it's time for us to clean our closets (laughs) i think it's time for us to clear it now i'm going to get now not any of you guys okay not i mean you guys are good right i'm i'm giving this to you so you can minister to the people around you who might have some stuff in their closets right not you not you guys Though i wasn't talking about you when i said that um so, I think, I think everyone has closets where there's just like, don't go in there. <laughs> All right, there's some stuff. There, so, Bethany um, and our, our house was built in 1865. It is an old dinosaur, okay? Most of you have been there and you know what our house is. Uh, but um, our house has like no closets, like zero. Like they don't exist. And the first time we walked through the house and we were like, oh, we love this. This is amazing. This is everything. And then we were like, where's the closets? Like, they're not even, like, they, there's there's not even a spot for a closet. And uh, um, uh, when we were going through the house buying process, the lady told us, well, we wanted to keep this house very authentic to the time period. And they didn't have closets. They had armoires. And so literally, we have these ginormous armoires that she left for us because she was like, I left them because... Really, they're the closets. Like, that's what they are. They're Because the, if you don't, you have nowhere to hide your stuff, right? And uh, um, there is a closet in what we call the family room, um, which is really the homeschool room, which is really the room that we lock when any of you try to come by. <laughs> so you can read into what that room may typically look like. Um, but there is a closet in that room. It's literally... The only room, okay, they did it. They did an extension, and so the um, the master bedroom does have a closet, okay. But outside of that, none of the other the kids' rooms don't have a closet. There's no closets anywhere. So like we hang up like m- metal piping, and they hang their clothes from Like we do all kinds of stuff like that, right? And and so, but the only room that really has a closet is the family room. And what's crazy about this closet, like you're like, oh cool, there's some storage. It's like this. Like literally you open the door and there's like a wall right there. Like it's not, even, it's not even that wide, okay? And can I tell you, when we moved in, the first thing we did was we crammed that closet full of stuff. And it looks exactly the same from the moment that we moved in. Like it really, it really hasn't changed. If anything, we've squeezed a few more things into it. Actually at Christmas, Bethany was like, don't open the closet in the family room. And I'm like, I haven't opened that in three years. <laughs> like, why would I go in there? You know. And now she gave me a reason to, so I could figure out what she bought me. Um, but I began, th- I began thinking about um, our own closets, because I think, I think many of us, we've got some demons in our closets that we're afraid to let people see, right? Because we're afraid to let people see our true struggles. Our true issues, our true pains, our true the, these things that get us right. And what's what's so funny is how the enemy has convinced us that we are honoring God by giving the perception of holiness and righteousness, and ignoring that that stuff's there. Like we think we're doing a good thing. We think we're honoring Him by giving this perception of holiness. But what we're actually doing is we're making sure that there's plenty of room for the enemy to take residence with us. It feels noble, right? Because you don't want people to know about you. Like, man, if people knew if people knew what I had going on in this closet, that, that would be bad, right? Like, that's not good. So we think we're doing an honorable and, and noble and even a holy thing by keeping it in the closet, right? We've got it under control. It's behind closed door. No one's brought it up. And what's interesting is when you read the word of God, the word of God says that we have the aroma of Christ. Some of you is like, what the heck is he talking about? <laughs> the aroma of Christ to God. That's literally what the word says. There is a scent in the spiritual that I believe that the Holy Spirit either identifies with or against. And you know, if you had a closet and you had a bunch of cheese that you just needed to put somewhere, right? You're like, the Chris is all about the cheese. He was like, he was all in on this, okay? But you decided the fridge was a little full, so I'm, I'm gonna take this cheese out and I'm just gonna put it, I'm just gonna put it back in this closet and leave it there, Right? eventually there's going to be an aroma, right? (laughs) It's not going to be pleasant. And I think what is happening in the body of Christ is we've got some stuff we've kept throwing in the closet, trying to give the illusion of having it all together and having it all right and having all this holiness and like this living for Jesus and being on fire for Jesus, having this whole thing together. But can I tell you that the Holy Spirit can smell, <laughs> like something's not, somes this is, I'm not getting, that wafting isn't the aroma of Christ that I'm getting here. Now, don't worry, I'm gonna read where that's at so you guys will be like, okay, he's not straight crazy. <laughs> We're gonna get to that. But I, 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 be, I believe that we've gotten into this place and this is what I'm tired of, okay? This is what I, I am so tired of in the body of Christ and I, and I haven't figured it all out, okay? I'm tired of us struggling with the same struggles. I'm tired of us dealing with the same pain, with the same addiction, with the same just struggles, guys. And I, and I, keep, I, I keep, I was thinking this today. I don't want to just go through the motions and stay in the struggle, right? That's, that's not what we're intended to do. And we find ourselves, and, and, and this, is, this is just, and, and I, I'm not saying I've figured it all out, but there's things that I look at. There's things that happen in life that I cannot understand and I cannot figure out. But one thing that drives me more mad than anything is the body of Christ struggling with the same struggle year after year after year after year. It's not, that's not, that is not what he intended for us. And so why, you know, why even go through the most, right? Like we, we do these things and we're, and you know, we're, we're going out for God and we're saying, God, have all of me. We're singing these songs and we're saying, Lord, just take all of me, take, have all of my life, like all of these things. But we've got this stuff right this stuff that is back here that we are doing everything that we can we're saying lord have everything and you know we're like, we're pushing back with one hand right we're like hey 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 like don't i don't want any of this stuff getting out like cuz that's that's not good that's bad stuff and if anyone knew right i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to to preach up here like they'd they'd be like get them off the platform you know and so I think what we've done is we've gotten so used to these things in our closets that we've allowed them to become a part of our identity. And our identity is being built off of these demons and not off of his holiness. Cuz that's what he's called us into. He's called us to a new life, not a life wallowing around in our own pity. That's what he's called us to. So we have a decision. Are we going to live this life? And the only way you get past this is, I believe, you have to openly and honestly address it head on. I'm a, I'm a guy who is totally cool with dealing with some confrontation. Like, I just, I'm okay with it. It's just part of life. We have confrontation in life. And each of us in our own struggles and in our own sins, we need to start killing this stuff and be done with it. And it could be a hundred things. Maybe it's doubt, maybe it's pride. Maybe it's some sort of sexual sin. Maybe it's gluttony, I said it. Maybe it's addiction, maybe it's lying, maybe it's anxiousness. Whatever it is, it's time for us to address these things of our closet. We've been coddling these things in our closet, right? And we need to start living like we are the sons and the daughters of the Most High. We need to believe it. It needs to ooze out of us. I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Acts chapter 19. We're going to get into this. I think a lot of people get freaked out when we start talking about the spiritual. I think about just even the aroma of Christ. (laughs) my mind doesn't understand all this stuff, people, (laughs) right? But I think so many churches are are keeping their distance from it. And what's happening is the body of Christ isn't well equipped to deal with the stuff in the closet. We are making so much of that okay. But if we're really going to like do this thing, (laughs) I keep telling you, we got to believe the whole word. We got to believe what it says. Acts 19. I'm going to start reading in verse 13. It says, Then some of the iterant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Just so you know, they hadn't done that yet, okay? This is new. The Jewish, they start proclaiming the name of Jesus, of whom Paul proclaims. 14 says, seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. All right, how many? Seven. We got seven of them, okay? But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who... Are you? <laughs> imagine, imagine, now I don't know if any of you have ever, this, just buckle up, people. <laughs> you should probably stay buckled for the next few months, okay? <laughs> Do not let your arms come out of the ride. If any of you have never addressed a demonic situation, um, I got a call, I got a call early one morning from, um, my pastor at the time. And he said, Hey, um, I'm in Columbus and I got this going on and on. Uh, but I just kind of got a call and I, I think, uh, I think I need you to go do something for me. I said, okay, what's up? He said, well, um, this family just called and, Uh, They've got some demonic issues in their home. And he started explaining everything that happened. And this, it was just this crazy situation that happened. And he's like, and they're completely freaked out of their mind. And they're standing outside of the church begging for someone to pray for their family. And I was like, well, you better get here from Columbus. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. (laughs) So I said, okay, I'll go. And, uh, and and what's what was interesting is when I when I walked in to look on this family, and I and I say this family, I mean mom, dad, multiple children, right? And some of you is like, man, he's talking about demon stuff. <laughs> you look at what's happening here, right? Seven sons, okay. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. They're trying to cast this evil spirit. Evil spirit answers them, "Jesus, I know, and Paul, I recognize, but who are you?" Now, I, I think about that question, and I think about being faced in that position. Where do I want to be when I go to a fa- to to face something that is? beyond this world, right? I want to be able to have some confidence when I answer that question, who are you, right? And I think that's part of our problem. We really can't answer that question a lot of times. We don't fully understand who we are, what we have access to, what Jesus came for. It reads on in verse 16, and the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them mastered all of them and overpowered them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Now, back up a little bit. How many of them were there? Seven. How many evil spirit? One. I I think... The, these seven sons were overtaken by this one man who had this evil spirit, right? Now, I'm a guy that, like, my adrenaline gets going. Like, I, I have a problem that, like, sometimes I can watch a TV show, and if, like, someone needs saved, like, I can feel, like, I want to do something, man. And Bethany's praying for them. and She does this in movies and shows all the time. She'll be like, oh, Jesus, help them. And I'm like, they're an actor, So we're weird when we watch shows. I'm just warning you, okay? But we are approaching many of the things in our closet with this same approach, not having confidence of who we are in Christ. See, we're not truly confident in the power and the anointing that rests on those who believe. Because we don't read it, we don't talk about it, we don't want to hear about it, right? It freaks people out, right? And so we give them... (laughs) You know, we, we try to lean on people, right? You know, if you got in that situation, people would be like, well, my, my mom told me that I have power over you in Jesus' name. So, go. This is like, this is heavy, guys. This is, this is not something that you, that you play around with. And we are walking around like it doesn't even happen. Like, it's not even a thing. Like, it's not even real. And worse than that, we've got some stuff in our closet that it likes to feed off of. Okay. Um, boot camp. I began thinking about this. Boot camp in the Marines. Boot camp in the Marines is a 13-week process, Okay. Boot camp in the Marines is not a nine to five experience, right? You're not like, hey, I want to do this Marines thing. And then you show up and you're like, bro, I got at least another hour to sleep. We don't start till nine. That's not the way it works, right? Like, you don't get that flexibility. You, you don't have, if, if, you're, if you're curious, ask Jimmy and Melissa, and they will tell you that's not the way it works, right? It's not a nine to five things. So when, you th- when I look at boot camp, there's 2,184 hours in that experience. And can I tell you, they're on all the time. They'll come in in the middle of the night and say, go, and they got to go, right? They have all cr- kinds of things that they have to experience, right? Crazy, 2,184 hours of it. I began thinking about our own training in the Word, If if we're truly only getting about an hour a week, for us to get the equivalent of 21 and 48 hours of training, it will take 42 years. And that's what we're using as our training grounds, guys. I don't want to go, listen, I don't want to go into a war or go into a battle with someone who said, I train for about an hour a week. I'm ready. Outside of that, it's potato chips and french fries, but I can do this, right? That's not who you want. And so when you think about, when you think about the battle that you're going into, one hour, 45 minutes, 32 and a half minutes, that's not enough. And the body of Christ isn't going in to battle prepared. We're not. We don't recognize what we have access to. We're still struggling with loving our neighbors and being kind to one another. We still haven't figured that piece out, right? Let's keep reading. Verse 17, it says this. Now, this is gonna, it's gonna mess with some stuff, so just buckle up. It says, and this became known to all the residents of Ephesus. So, they, they, understood what happened in this moment, okay? They understood what had taken place. They understood the severity of what happened. And so there's a response that happens. It says, this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Also, many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices, And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all and they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. So you think about this visual of what just took place. this, this, This demonic experience takes place. People hear about it. There are people who believe in what has happened. Those believers now come out and they say, I got some dirt. I got some stuff in my closet. I got some stuff that I haven't cleaned out. I got some stuff that I've been doing wrong, right? And so they start grabbing their stuff and they start throwing it and they start burning it. 50,000 pieces of silver. There is some stuff that you've got in some closets that you have invested in that you need to burn. That's it. You've got some stuff that you're involved in, some stuff that you've done, some people that you've been around, some things that you've... Listen, I'll tell you what. Some of this stuff has creeped into the church so bad that it makes me want to lose my mind. And I'm going <laughs> to... If I say some of it, y'all going to be like, well, that was mean. But you know what I believe? I believe what the word of God says. And I'll tell you, if the word of God says don't mess with it, don't mess with it. Don't mess with it. We are, <laughs> we are allowing the entertainment industry to make us numb to the things that defile the spirit. What we are doing. We are allowing the entertainment industry to feed into us and to pour into us to make sure it's okay because I know it's fake. I know it's not real. So it's it's okay. No. See, because every time what we've we've done as a body is we've continued to allow a little more in and a little more in. And let me tell you, and my closet is about this. It's like this. It's already packed full. And so, you know what happens after your closets get full? It starts creeping into your house. And before you know it, you, you think you've got it under control. You think that you've got it contained. You think that you've got it in a place. But the problem is, is as soon as you start letting it creep out, it's out of control. And we're, we're struggling with the same struggles and the same problems and the same things. But if you look at this encounter, it drove people to clean out their closets. So what's it going to take for us to do the same? What it, what, where, listen, I don't, I don't want to get to a point where I need a demon to come jack up my family to where I start cleaning my stuff out and getting it right cuz can i tell you at that point there is hurt like you wouldn't believe see if if they had said i don't listen i don't understand this jesus thing i don't understand what paul is doing i want to learn and understand more of it Instead of, they, instead of just trying to jump into something and just trying to do something, even though they, they really hadn't figured out, they, they really actually had some stuff because they've not really changed. They've not really accepted who this Christ is. They just thought, hey, what the heck? These other guys are using it. Let me try to use it. You know what happened to them? They were beaten and they ran out of there naked. <laughs> what? <laughs> See, that experience that took place, some of us, some of us are ashamed of just coming out and saying, I need help. This is heavy. And I keep, I keep, going, I keep going back to it. And I need, I need help. I need, I need accountability. I need something. You know, there's a, there's a man that reached out to me this week. I'm so honored to do the things that I get to do in my work because I get to talk and I get to minister to people that are, this guy's a global director of sales for a company. And he calls me up this week he says, hey, Tom, um, you, got a, you got a few minutes to talk? I said, yeah, absolutely. And he starts sharing his heart with me. He says, listen, in my job, he's like, I have to travel like crazy. He's like, I travel all over the place. And, and, and uh, my travel this year is, is stepping up significantly. Like it's, it's literally, it's going to double or quadruple from what I've done in the past. So I'm going to have to do all this travel. And then he says to me, he says, I battled an addiction to pornography for 20 years He's like, I am seeing right now that the devil is laying out a path for me to try to suck me back in. And he said to me, he says, but I'm going to wage war early on. So he called, he says, I want every trip that I take to become a mission trip for where I'm going. And he's like, I know that you minister and you, you know all these different people and you know these different places. He's like... I want you to help me with accountability to understanding what is my mission when I go to Tucson. Where is my mission when I go to Cincinnati? What is my mission when I go to Birmingham? Where are my missions? And to hold me accountable with that because I don't want that to get back in. I love that. I said, "Man, that is that is beautiful." Thank you. You know, thank you, thank you for yourself setting that up. And you know what we're doing? We're just trying to. Slam the door shut and put our back against it. Because if anyone saw it, and I said, man, I love how you were just like, listen, man, this has been my struggle. And it's not going to stay my struggle. And see, what I believe is that we look at this, we look at what's happening. We don't have to wait, guys. We don't have to wait for some crazy big breakdown. We don't have to wait for some crazy big thing but well, we got to start shutting some stuff off that is trying to get in. You got faucets that are running that are flowing into this thing and you ain't got no control over it. You think you do, you proclaim that you do, you say it's not a problem, but there's some, every single, listen, we've all got stuff, man. But what I'm telling you is that we are not supposed to live with it. And we have become a church, not just us, I'm saying the body of Christ, we've been a, become a church that is just okay with it. Bethany and I, um, we uh, we used to do a Bible study at the company that we worked for, and we did this Bible study once a week. Um, these different people, all different departments, all different ranks would come in, and they'd be a part of this Bible study. And this lady came in, and she was um, she was a manager of some large department, and she she came to the Bible studies pretty frequently, and she came to me because she had lost her father. Uh, she came to Bethany, and she was talking to us. She's like, I need to talk to you about something, because I'm really confused about something, and um, I, I just need to talk through it, and we said, okay, let's talk through it, she said, I've just been really struggling with my father, and I, I, I needed to know that there was hope on the other side to me, and so um, I went to a seer to understand, you know, that there was hope, and I was like, what? <laughs> what did you do? She's like, yeah, and it, there's this this crazy thing happened. She told me that my dad was gonna start leaving quarters for me randomly all over the house, and she said, um, she said the crazy. Yeah, she she was she was excited telling. She's like the craziest thing that happened. Like my door is creeping open, and I'm finding a quarter, and we're and she's doing this, and and uh, Bethany's looking at me like, let's get out of this room, you know, <laughs> and. uh I was like, I know, I know you are not going to want to hear this, okay? But but I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. You got some demonic stuff happening in your home, girl. And she's like, what? And we began talking to her about the consequences, sharing with her in the word and some of this stuff. And she's like, wait, what? And she's like, well, what, what do I do? Like, what what should I do? And so we, we talked to her about, about all those things. But what I'm telling you is that many of us, are just creeping doors open because we're just looking for, we're looking for solutions to problems everywhere and it's right here. 1 Timothy one says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> You're like I would never I would never do that. I I used to lose my mind in uh youth ministry when students would bring um, this is going to offend some people so just deal with it. Um when they would bring in a book this thick about Harry Potter and they would struggle with cracking open this <laughs> See, we can can feed our spirit with a lot of things. And can I tell you, a lot of it will defile you and it'll ruin you. It'll send you out wounded and naked. (laughs) That's what it'll do. I say all that to say this, we got to start addressing some things in our closet. The enemy wants you to stay so ashamed in your sin that you don't come out of your sin. That's what he wants he wants you to feel like i depend on it too much that i need it that it's got to be there and you know what we need to be reminded that we're not supposed to live like this turn with me to first john chapter 4 first john chapter 4 we're going to read verses 4 through 6 okay you need to be reminded of this it says little children you are from god and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. See, we think we've mastered the art of the cover-up, but God sees through all of it. You may try to hide it from your family, from your spouse, from your kids, from your neighbors, from your pastor, from yourself, but God knows. And I believe that God is beginning to reveal things in each of us that he's wanting to pull out of us. Here's the problem. We're not close enough to the cross anymore to be ashamed of our sin. 1 Peter 2 24 says, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds, you have been healed we 're not dying to sin and living in righteousness we 're hiding our sin and portraying righteousness. See we look at the cross as more of this symbolic representation, right we look at it and, and, and we we remember it as some sort of historical event that happened, right we wear it on our necks, on, a, on, a, on a, a necklace, right? But we're not looking at it like some bloodshed battle that victory was just ripped from the hands of the enemy. And what we do is we allow ourselves to say, it's just who I am. It's not right. God didn't intend us to live and brokenness and sin in these things. What's happened in our culture is we found ourselves so satisfied with everything else that we're not even concerned. We're not even aware that we're completely disengaged with this relationship with Christ. And we're unarmed, guys. Because we've got this stuff in our closet. Second Corinthians. Chapter two, fourteen through seventeen says this. I told you I was gonna to get to this and I'm making it, okay? It says, but thanks be to God, who in Christ, I love this, okay? Who in Christ always say always, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. See, we're going you just leave that, leave that up there for a minute. Because we we are going into battles preparing for loss not believing for victory see this says be thanks be to god who in christ always say always always leads us and triumphal. See, I, I envision this beautiful march that is taking place before the battle that you were going into. And see, too many of us are looking at this battle as defeated, as you're down on the ground, and you're not going to win again. But there is this triumphal procession that Christ is trying to lead us in at all times. But we're not seeing it. You know why? Because we don't know that the word says it. We don't know that the word is proclaiming it. That in, in our lives, this is the hope. This is the hope for the victory that you were supposed to have already won. We are staying in battles for too long because we're trying to fight them. It doesn't work that way. We, he always leads us. We're not dragging him along in this battle. We're not saying, Jesus, come on along with me because we're going to try to fight this together. He is right here. And we are following after this procession that is going. And I just see this warring that is happening in the spirit that many of us are so blind to. And it says, and through us spreads, what is it? The fragrance of what? What? Of the knowledge of him. Guys, this whole year, I'm telling you, I don't know that I'm ever going to get away from this. Bethany said to me last week, she said, well, one thing's for sure, they're going to know they're supposed to read their Bible. (laughs) If you look at what is being said here, it is spread... Through the fragrance of the knowledge of him. We got to know him. We got to know him. We got to know him. We got to stop just grabbing a hold of what we want. We have to know. We have to proclaim it. We have to live it. We cannot allow anything else to creep into there. Harry Potter, get rid of it. Get rid of it. You watching something that's messing up, that doesn't jive with this, get rid of it. It's not worth it. Eternity's not worth it. Right? We've read the scripture before that if my right eye offends me, what should I do with it? Pluck the daggone thing out of your face. <laughs> it's talking about cutting hands off. And we're like, but I really like this movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, but guys, we we are not gonna live in the power and the anointing and the victory in the victory if we don't clean our closets and he's leading you in it <laughs> he's leading you in it it goes on to say in 15 for we are the aroma of Christ listen to this for we are the aroma of Christ to God <laughs> what Where is this guy going? (laughs) We are the aroma of Christ to God. Not not to your spouse. Not not to your your pastor. Not to your kids. The aroma of Christ to God. See, because I I say this often. It's, It's this relationship. It's you and him. Trust me, if I could get some of Bethany's sincerity and heart and be like, I'm just going to say that I'm going to take that much of it. Like, you keep doing it and I'll just have it. I'd do it because she's awesome at it. But this is, we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing, to one a fragrance from death to death, to the other a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, we are, no, for we are not like so many peddlers of God's word. But as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. See, we're supposed to be the aroma of Christ to the God. There's a scent that comes in about the spiritual. How often do you find yourself in the closet instead of in his presence, right? We are, we are finding ourselves peddling with this. I almost read John 3.16 tonight, people. And I almost asked everyone what John 3.17 says. And they'd be like, whoo! hmm. <laughs> Sorry, said it. This, this this is how you win. This is how you win. I'm tired of seeing people lose in the body of Christ. I'm tired of seeing people cave in to what the world wants for you. I'm tired of seeing people give up and say, this is just who I am. I'm tired of it. It's not for us. We were not, Meant to lose. We were meant to be victorious. And so we need to get a little closer to this cross understanding that our sin isn't good enough, that it's not okay, that it's not just something that happens in this world. We got to, we just, we got to stop. We gotta stop justifying our sin and our placement and whatever it is, and we need to recognize that there, this Christ is always leading me in triumphal procession.